This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert takes us verse by verse through the book of First Peter. really the process of learning how not to do something. First Peter is a book that many modern preachers prefer to avoid because it really doesn't fit very well within our modern, me-centered Christian culture. Modern Western Christianity is very self-centered. And the book of First Peter is filled with talk about suffering for your faith in Christ. As Pastor Robert continues to teach through the book of 1 Peter, he'll be explaining how this epistle goes against our natural way of thinking. We desire to be comfortable always, and our flesh nature is self-centered, not others-centered. As believers, we need to change our way of thinking and live God-centered lives. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. But first, here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse 15, with today's message. I believe most people, to one extent or another, are plagued by fear all through their lives. Maybe not on a daily basis, maybe not every day, but there are times, there are moments when fear takes over. And what I see in the scriptures tells me that our Heavenly Father doesn't want that for us. That what He wants for us is freedom from fear. He wants us to be truly fearless in life, full of faith. And I believe the Bible in this passage gives us the secret to experiencing that kind of life. In 1 Peter chapter 3, we left off, <clears throat> excuse me, last week at verse 15, but I want to back up, keep it in context. Verse 13 says, Who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. With meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. You know, I was thinking about what he's talking about in this passage. So much of life is really determined by our attitudes. If I can just be transparent, for people like me, that can be difficult because I'm a born pessimist. You know, one of those, the glasses always half empty kind of guys. I, I'm, not, I'm not naturally optimistic. 
But I guess the Lord has a sense of humor because he gave me a dad who always taught me that men never quit. You don't give up. No matter what, you have to keep moving forward. You have to keep doing it. You have to keep, you know, keep, keep working, keep fighting, keep, you know, persevere. You have to keep going. But I've learned something, you know, the older that, I, that I've gotten, perseverance combined with pessimism produces depression. And I battled with it quite a lot. I, I didn't expect things to ever truly get better. But I still c- couldn't stop doing whatever was there to be done. You know, what, whatever... I believe God had given me to do or whatever responsibility I had. You know, even if I was hopeless, I couldn't give up. I couldn't quit. Even in the face of what often seemed to be certain failure, I had to just humble my heart and press on. As someone famous once said, I'll probably fail, but when I do, I'm going to fail spectacularly. I'm going to give it everything I've got. It's going to be a big failure. If you're going to fail, why fail small? You know, that's actually not a bad way to live putting no confidence in your flesh, but determined to be obedient to the Lord even when it's embarrassing. I've learned that what Thomas Edison once said is true. I've not failed, I've just found 10,000 ways it won't work. What is he saying? Failure is not final. Failure is never final. Unless you quit, unless you give up, then it is. But you know, I had a business partner say to me many, many years ago, He said, Robert, I've failed more times than I've succeeded in business. I just managed to fail smaller. My successes have been larger than my failures. And, you know, that takes practice. It's an interesting concept. The more you fail, the better at it you get. You learn. You grow. You learn how to minimize the impact of those so-called failures. Failure is really the process of learning how not to do something. First Peter is a book that many modern preachers prefer to avoid because it really doesn't fit very well within our modern me-centered Christian culture. Modern Western Christianity is very self-centered. And the book of First Peter is filled with talk about suffering for your faith in Christ. Why focus on the negative? Well, actually, First Peter doesn't focus on the negative. It focuses on the positive while acknowledging some negatives. If you go through life, as many people do, many Christians buy into this theology that Christians are never supposed to suffer. They're never supposed to be sick. They're never supposed to have difficult. You you must not have any faith. Your faith must not be big enough if you're going through a difficult time. You know, you must be, there there must be some hidden sin in your life or, or something because, you know, God doesn't intend for Christians to go through difficulties. Do you understand you can't make that mesh with the whole Bible? You can't make that work if you read the whole New Testament. You have to take little pieces out. You can take a a couple of verses here, paragraph there, and if if that's all you look at, if that's all you study and all you focus on, then okay, you can have this, you know, doctrinal position that says Christians are never supposed to be sick or in in debt or go through anything, have any problems. But if you look at the whole Bible, you, you really can't come up with that. The Bible says in this life, suffering is inevitable for everybody. Takes it one step further and says, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
Now, in my opinion, that should scare a lot of American Christians because most of us have never suffered any persecutions. Logically, that must mean that most of us in the United States of America who call ourselves Christians don't honestly desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. That's not the priority for most American Christians. If the Bible is true, God says if you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution. So either you don't or persecution is headed your way if you've never experienced it before. But see, this, this passage, you know, this book of the Bible, man, it, it resonates for those who live in the war-torn areas of our world, those parts of our planet where Christians do suffer on a regular, ongoing basis. For them, it's impossible to look at this life and believe that God is going to give them wealth and happiness and a pain-free existence. They know better. They know better. They know this life is hard. They know this life is often filled with persecution and tribulation. But they also know that this life is temporary and that the suffering we experience will serve us well if we fix our eyes beyond the horizon. You know, how does a guy... This is a young man. Did you catch that? This young pastor? They beat him nearly to death and throw him off in a pit. And then when they clean him up a little bit and turn him loose, what does he do? He turns around and comes back. Kind of reminds me of the Apostle Paul. I mean, how do you live like that? You can't live like that if you're only focused on yourself. You see, if God is allowing suffering and difficulty to impact your life, it's because he intends to use it to build you and to bless you before he's finished with it. The message of 1 Peter is that your father loves you and he is intent upon growing you, making you more than you are, increasing your faith, giving you greater depth. Modern Western Christianity is all too often like what the Bible calls clouds without rain. I remember the first time I read that statement in the Bible, it kind of confused me because I grew up in a place where it was raining all the time. I mean, where I grew up, we had a, a fair amount of rain. I mean, not like Seattle where it rains almost every day or, or Copenhagen, where my wife's from, you know, where it rains like 360 days out of the year, it's raining or, or even South Florida, you know, I mean, it rains a lot here, right? So clouds without rain, that's a good thing. You know, I'm on my motor cycle I'm happy about clouds without rain but these people who were writing this lived in a place where it almost never rained and they really looked forward to rain because rain meant life joining us today for this edition of Main Thing Radio. The name of our broadcast is Our Heart's Desire, to keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus Christ crucified, glorified, and honored as we study and apply His Word. Maybe you're listening right now in Miami-Dade County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9.30, 11, 12.30, and then again at 7 p.m. Sunday nights. For more information, call us at 305-531-2730 or log on to MainThingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. At our website, you'll find today's broadcast for you to listen to or download. We also encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. 
with a gift of any amount, we will send you an MP3 CD of the entire book of 1 Peter. A secure option for you to give has been provided via PayPal. That's all available at MainThingRadio.com or send us an email at questions at MainThingRadio.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Mark your Bibles in the book of 1 Peter and join us next time here on Main Thing Radio.